like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. We've got the privilege today to have Sue West as our Song of the Soul guest. Sue has only been cranking out her own singer-songwriter music for the last seven years or so, but what a font of music she has been in those years. Her musical style includes folk and gospel, but especially roots music, hence her website, ruralrootsmusic.com. You can also move to the music she puts out as part of the old-time string music performing group, the Rush River Ramblers. It's our good luck that Sue West will now join us by phone from near River Falls, Wisconsin. Sue, I'm excited to finally have you on Song of the Soul. Well, thank you, Mark. I'm excited to be here. It's been an exciting time waiting for you. One of my support committee for Northern Spirit Radio passed along some of your music to me a year, two years ago, whatever. I started to get in touch with you about that, but then I think you had a CD underway. I mean, I think you've always got a CD underway, don't you? <laughs> I'm not, well, I have been recording now. I'm not sure if I can exactly claim I have a CD underway, but hopefully I won't be in such a long, long wait till the next one. It appears to me that since 2006, you produced seven CDs. At least that's what I saw on CD Baby. That's pretty prolific. Uh, you just don't slow down? What is it? You're a type A personality? <laughs> well, I didn't start writing songs until 2006. And then once I started, it took a while for me to learn how to stop writing songs. You know, they just really came out quickly. How did you get started writing music? Well, I had a newborn son. He, well, he was born in 2004. It's a breastfeeding story, really. You know, I breastfed him for like three years, so that's a lot of time alone, just you and your baby. A lot of time to think peaceful thoughts. Somehow out of that time, like two in the morning, arose this new kind of way to use my poetry. And I started thinking up ways to put things into song. And I, and I think what the breastfeeding time gave me was just time to think, you know. We're not really encouraged to have time to think our life through in our normal day lives, and breastfeeding kind of gave me that time in my life where I had time to think beautiful thoughts about life. So I wrote 100 songs in three months. 100 songs in three months? Yeah, I would write three or four songs a day, and it just I started just keeping a pencil by my chair, by my bed, and if I think of a song, I'd just write it down and not, I'd try not to edit it when it came out. And a lot of times I would think, Boy, that's a dumb idea for a song. You know, I should never, I shouldn't really continue with that. And I, so I set that aside, and I just grabbed my pencil and wrote it down. And some of the songs I was the most self-critical of, 
when I started thinking about them, became the songs that I love the best now. So basically, I never knew what I was doing, <laughs> but I just did it. <laughs> How did you start out with music? Did breastfeeding cause you to spontaneously learn music, or did you have a background in it? Well, long before that, Mark, <laughs> when I was in second grade, my cousin, I had two different cousins, one on each side of the family, who had both picked up guitar, my cousin Cindy and her sister Nancy had been playing guitar and let me play their kids' guitar a little bit, so that was an introduction. And then my cousin Mary, on the other side of the family, she's still a very musical and professional musician, as a lot of her brothers and sisters are, and she taught me to play and sing together. And She taught me to play like John Denver songs and Crosby, Stills, and Nash songs and sing them on guitar, and that was really the beginning of this explosion in my life that hasn't quit yet. And I saved up my pennies to get my first kid's guitar for 25 bucks at the local hardware store in Baldwin. And <laughs> I remember when I went in to buy it with my sack of quarters and pennies. <laughs> and then I guess I just kind of went the route of like the books published by Pete Seeger and Al Lomax, learning to sing those songs from musical notation, because at that time I had no access to YouTube or to these university collections where you can hear any fiddle tune or whatever online. You know, back then I just had to read the musical notation and yeah, that was my start in life as a kid folk singer, and, and then really what got me into playing guitar more was I had the opportunity to take classical guitar lessons in college for a few quarters. I was not a music major, but I, I was a geology major, but I just was able to take some lessons, which was great. And then in college, I began listening to the Grateful Dead. They learned to do music by doing roots music. And, you know, Jerry Garcia's first big instrument was the banjo. He was teaching banjo and the time he started his band. And he had a real traditional style of singing. That's really where I learned to sing from, was from Jerry Garcia. And I didn't know that I was learning roots music when I heard him do that. So then after I met my husband 20 years ago, he was a big KBEM Bluegrass Saturday morning listener, and he had all these recordings of that. And I'd hear a song on the KBEM tapes. And I'd hear something that someone just, I'd say, Mike, Mike, that, there's that really old, really mountain music. That's what I love right there. And I never knew what it was. And kind of that was old-time music, which is the Appalachian and French-Canadian stuff before bluegrass. And that's what's really become an important part of my life is that really old, really mountainy stuff. <laughs> and I still do a lot of traditional folk, but I'm in an old-time string band, and I do a lot of square dances, and I do a lot of harmony singing with those guys. And we're called the Rush River Ramblers. Despite that, I also started this folk singer-songwriter side project, <laughs> which is what the recordings are about. That's my musical life in a nutshell. <laughs> well, show us some of the music now. We've, we've got your life, now we just need the music. How do you want to start us off? Thinking of uh, guitar, maybe we could start with the Bon Pour Le Lang, the Bits of the Tongue Hornpipe is my instrumental piece that I wanted to share. This name, I think it's French for good for the tongue, although that's not how you spell tongue, Lang. Actually, if you go back far enough, and depending where you're doing this, in Canada or wherever, they'll spell the language differently back 300 years ago. So is this an old or new, or this is just original composition of your own? No, it's an old tune. It's a Celtic tune that has come to America, and it's not a real common tune. It's and it's a French-Canadian tune, mostly. 
The way that I learned Good for the Tongue Hornpipe was to hear the WPA recordings from the 20s of a French Canadian fiddler, and he was a lumberjack. And Lisanne Berceau was a, a champion uh, fiddler. He had gone to the Chicago Fiddle Contest and won. And other than that, he was just a guy out chopping down hemlock trees. But an amazing fiddle player, and I heard his recording of Good for the Tongue Hornpipe, which is a very fast version of it. And it's probably even a little bit fast if somebody wanted to dance the hornpipe to it. It's a very energetic piece of music. And I wanted to learn to play it on guitar because I wanted to play music that was from Wisconsin. So I chose that piece and thought it was interesting. And it has some staccato notes going up, which is kind of a little bit unusual. And it just intrigued me. So I learned to play it on guitar and was taking guitar lessons from Walter Kroll at the time of River Falls. And he helped me sort through how to arrange that. And that's how it wound up on my recording. And the recording it ended up on is the latest one, Words of a Friend. We are speaking with Sue West today for Song of the Soul. Here it is, Bon pour la langue. La Langue. That's a kind of old French version of Good for the Tongue. It's by Sue West. Her website, ruralrootsmusic.com. On Facebook, you'll find her at Sue West Music, and you can find both those links via my nordenspiritradio.org site. We just heard an instrumental, a classic piece of music. You said, Sue, though, that was from Wisconsin. Are you speaking in those old French people who like, I happen to live in a city called Eau Claire, right? You know, it has a French name. Right, right. And we don't think of Wisconsin as very French. We think of Quebec or maybe something in Nouvelle Orleans, you know, down there. But this is classic from Wisconsin, you're saying? Well, the reason I call it classic from Wisconsin is because it was on the WPA recordings of Lumberjack Musicians done by Sydney Robertson Powell, I think her name was went through and she recorded the ballad singers and the fiddle players of northern Wisconsin. The people up there in the north were from all over. A lot of them around Rhinelander and Monaco were French-Canadian. 
My grandmother was French-Canadian. She was from northern Canada, which is really northern Ontario. So the French-Canadian tunes always really appealed to me because of my grandmother's connection, and I just love them musically. The thing about that tune, the woman that built my house in 1856 here in Martel was from Paris, and her husband and his brother were all from Paris. They had been in Stillwater and came down an Indian trail to this valley and built this house here. And when I was in the studio recording that piece, I had really felt a really extraordinary connection with her as I was just working on playing it and trying to stay calm. Usually when I do flat picking, I try to think of something outside myself so that I don't become a bundle of nerves because it is a challenging way to play and you do have to have a lot of forward drive. You can't get stuck on anything and you have to keep a really even tempo. And so usually I'll think of like kinglets and warblers hopping through the hemlocks and the balsam fir and I just think of the movement of birds as what my notes are. So when I was in the studio recording Good for the Tongue Hornpipe, I played it through three times. It was the first time I had recorded an instrumental piece. And I was doing this in front of Dakota Dave Hall, who's one of the most brilliant instrumental musicians in the world. So it was a little bit potentially nerve-wracking. So I started thinking about the birds, and then I started thinking about Elizabeth Roach, the woman that built this house. She happened to have lost many children in childhood. Uh, in infancy, and she maybe she had RH negative or something like that, but there was a lot of tragedy. And I started thinking about her losing those children and just stepping outside my house and looking up at the trees, and, and I thought about her grief. And I have no idea why that came over me, but it did, and it really carried me through playing the song and put the heart into the song for me. And I, I don't know if anyone would, would hear that when they listen to it, but I certainly think it's a very spiritual-sounding piece, and I, I love to play it in churches, and I love to play it in places that need a quiet prelude or where people need comfort. You know, you're so right about our society. I mean, I guess our society is a pressure cooker. I noticed one of the songs that you included. Is it on Words of a Friend? In the stillness, obviously you're talking about that theme. Is this because you're a country girl that you relate to that notion? Or is it, I mean, how most people still think that let's go downtown where all the lights are bright. Let's have lots of noise and that'll make us feel okay. Walk in the house and you got to turn the TV on so you're not alone with silence. You know? Right. You know, that's very, very different than I am. And I, I do love people. Like, I've always loved jobs where I was a waitress or a bank teller and interacted with people a lot. I do get a lot of good energy from interacting with people. But I also need my time just by myself, and I need my time in nature. And I was really brought up that way. You know, my, the farms that my parents were raised on, there was no electricity. They, my mom's side, they just had an Edison cylinder player that was, ran on a hand crank. And so they were not raised with all of that constant input, and we really didn't have it in our house either. We were more prone to spending time outside or gardening, or we went camping a lot, hiking a lot as a family. And then I studied geology in college and did a lot of field work alone or with one partner. And so my life has never really been built around the busyness and the noise. It's always been kind of in quiet places and on farms and in woodlands, and that's just who I am, and I think my music really reflects that. It tends to be, you know, a lot of my pieces were just me singing and me playing guitar, kind of a simple style. I do a lot of unaccompanied ballad singing, too. You're, you're really swimming upstream for our society. <laughs> I am. 
Yep. Well, good for you. We need more <laughs> upstream swimmers. Well, give us some more music. Let's keep going on your Song of the Soul. How about uh, Wade Across the River? How about Wade Across the River? You want to include this in your Song of the Soul. Why is that? I like what it says politically, which I think a lot of your listeners might relate to. And the way that I wrote it was kind of a spiritual moment. It was just one of those many days during my initial songwriting experience. I was walking down the road away from my house along the Rush River, and I walked past a place where they had been cutting down some trees, and they are doing a, a trout stream reclamation project. So they had kind of opened up this big view of the river, and I went out down there to explore, and I waded in, and it was a little scary because they had been placing all these huge boulders and changing the channel, and I wasn't really sure if I was going to get in a strong current or something, and I was a little intimidated to go in there, but at the same time, super curious, and I just had to go in and check it out and get in the water. So the words of that song, wade across the river, don't be afraid, just started coming into my, I guess I probably started praying, you know, that I was scared, you know, the words of that song started to come into my mind, and I had to literally run home and turn my computer on and <laughs> start writing it out, and it was one of those songs where both the, the melody and the words came to me at the same time, and I just kind of started singing it, and then probably the next day I went to the recording studio and recorded it. <laughs> Way across the river, the words turned out to be about very much a religious concern for me of how there are so many people these days that often find themselves in the eye of the media that seem to have so much certainty about the way things are on a religious standpoint and feel that they are in a position to judge anyone that does not agree with them on their view and this impacts a lot of people in a negative way. It's caused a lot of violence in our culture. It's caused a lot of misery for people that do not deserve it. And it's caused a lot of anger on my part. And this song is an attempt to speak to that and say that, you know, we don't know everything about religion. We don't know everything about how other people are supposed to live their lives. And the only thing that we have to figure out in this life is how to be of service to others how to reach out to other people, and how to love other people. And that's such a valuable job that humans are given, just to love other people. How can we waste time and not do that? What I see in the media really makes me mad, and it's such a, a digression from what I think that spirituality and religion are supposed to be about and what our lives are supposed to be about. So politically for me, way across the river is kind of my little Trojan horse, you know, I feel like I can go into any church and sing that religious little song and hopefully plant seeds that we are not put here to judge other people. <laughs> so that's my Trojan horse song. <laughs> and the song is Wade Across the River by Sue West. Wade across the river Don't be afraid God knows how the land and sea sky and sing with me see sky land if you can river sea sky 
sky Tell me why Wait across the river Wander o'er the land Take everyone you meet By the hand By the hand By the hand song by Sue West. It's on her CD, Field and Wood, Songs of the Land. It's called Wait Across the River. Obviously a good message, but I I love your description, Sue, of it as a Trojan horse. (laughs) (laughs) I think that a lot of people, because there is an end of religion in this country, which is extremely judgmental, is about battering people. At least that's my perception of it. There's an end where we get that judgmental and narrow thinking. I'm very religious, but I'm Quaker, right? That's kind of a very different place on the whole spectrum. So it's interesting that your native mode, it seems to me, is a religious mode, but it's not the religious mode that is so damaging in this country. What is your history with religion and how do you end up thinking about it? I mean, obviously, it's a it's a balm to the soul. It's a good thing that can be going on. A lot of people don't use it that way. Well, um, I started, I guess, being baptized in the Methodist Church in Balsam Lake when I was six. I was raised in a congregational church and had some wonderful hippie pastors as influences. <laughs> I have always believed kind of the basic religious tenets of the Protestant Church. I have a lot of that in my heart. I'm comfortable with a degree of agnosticism in myself, but at the same time I've never had difficulty believing because I really feel a strong spirit inside of myself. I've always felt that there was a spiritual reality that I was in contact with. And so my whole life, um, there have been times when I was angry at God, but I have always believed in a God and felt like I had a friend there. My family kind of being from the natural world, a lot of my spiritual connection is there, and my brother has taken that you know, the same way, and he got very much into paganism for quite a while, and now he's actually a Shinto Buddhist priest. So there's that strong nature component. And now I belong to the closest small country wooden church, which is Rush River Lutheran Church in uh, Martell Township, where I live in Pierce County. And we've had a couple of wonderful pastors there that have been good leaders and and good loving people. That's my religious life. And gospel music. I don't know that I think of either Methodist, maybe Methodist. Congregational, I don't tend to think of as as gospel music. And you've got two of your CDs, which are original compositions of gospel music. They sound old-time gospel, but they're old-time as far as Sue West is concerned. (laughs) (laughs) How did you get so much into the gospel music end of thing? You know, I think there probably are songs and some of the hymnals that are not like the old Lutheran hymns. They're more folk songs, and I've always been really drawn to those. And I've spent a lot of time in summer camp, either attending or working in summer camps, and probably, you know, the musicians there would do a lot of folk music, you know, American folk music, and a lot of that stuff is pretty gospel-y. And I think my earliest experience of that was singing Morning Has Broken at church camp, Another another song was They Will Know We Are Christians by Our Love was a favorite church song when I was a kid. 
And I think probably the first real gospel song I probably sang was I Saw the Light. And then I had a friend who has sadly passed away now. His name was Dennis Cosgrove, and he was an amazing bluegrass musician and played fiddle and mandolin and guitar and stand-up bass. And we just lost him this April. And I did have a few chances to have some music jobs with him at some of the little wooden churches around here. And he had played with Art Stevenson in Highwater, which is a great bluegrass band from southern Wisconsin. And he's somebody that, you know, he had jammed with Vassar Clements and Bill Monroe, and he just had a long bluegrass life. So I learned to sing old-time gospel with Dennis, and I would say singing with him is what really taught me to sing that kind of harmony and to sing those kinds of melodies, or sometimes they call them shouts. And then just listening to a lot of recordings of the old 78s and old church music kind of taught me to sing that style. And I always feel a special kind of connection to that music when I get to go into a little old church and sing that really old, you know, primitive Baptist style and the old mountain gospel music. I just feel like it's a really special thing because it's not... You know, it's not going to be found on a on a CD track or something. It's not going to be on the organist's rack in front of her. It's, it's older music, and it's kind of the people's music, and I love bringing that back into the church. Things like Angel Band and I'll Fly Away and Keep on the Sunny Side and all the Carter family stuff and the music that you heard on Oh Brother, Where Art Thou that everybody loved, and they're not sure what it is or why, but they just love it. I think that, it, that, that music lifts people up, and it lifts me up to share it with people. Well, then lift us up some more. Share some more music. <laughs> well, I guess on that note, my probably my rookiest gospel song I've written is called Stand By Me, Jesus. And it's also my hit song, you know, on my CD baby record. So it's always the song that comes up that somebody has purchased from England or from Australia. It's kind of my hit song. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote that, I think, in response to the song by the Leuven Brothers, which is called The Kneeling Drunkard's Prayer. The song is written from the viewpoint of someone that has been through the ringer of life. Maybe they're an alcoholic, maybe they've done some things wrong, and they're sick, and they're looking at their life, and they're just asking for redemption. And those redemption songs are really old, roots music, gospel theme, just saying, Lord, I know I've done wrong, and please come and help me. And I think you know, no matter what your spirituality is, we all get to those points of darkness where we turn to a spiritual connection to help us through. And that's what the song is about, that somebody, that their lamp is fading and they see the light of where they're going and they're asking for help. Stand by me, Jesus, Sue West. Stand by me, Jesus, I lift up my hands. I'm lonesome, I'm weary, I'm too sick to stand. Cradled in God's own right hand Lord, tell him to save me If ever you can Stand by me, Jesus And wash away my sin I've lost all my friends now And most of my kin Sin's blood red and mighty And won't stay away I swear off the dangers But they come back to stay strong enough Jesus to do anything 
Sue West, Stand By Me Jesus. It's from her CD, Gospel 2. And you can find that via CD Baby. You can find it via her website, ruralrootsmusic.com. Of course, I have links to get you connected up with Sue on northernspiritradio.org. This is a Northern Spirit Radio production on the web, northernspiritradio.org. I'm your host, Mark Helpsmeet, and on the site, you can listen to and download our eight-plus years of programming, Song of the Soul and Spirit in Action. You'll find links to our guests, as I just mentioned. There's a place to post comments, and we do love to have two-way communication with our listeners, so please go to northernspiritradio.org, post a comment. You can make a donation while you're there. That is how we make our living, so your donations are essential to us. Also, I want to remind you to support your local community radio station. They're doing an invaluable job of bringing a slice of music and news to you that you get nowhere else in this country. So please, do support your local community radio station with your time and with your money. Again, Sue West is here today with us for Song of the Soul. She's outside of River Falls. If you go to your maps, you'll be able to track that down. Since 2006, she's been a prolific songwriter. Fortunately, she hasn't put them all on CDs, or we'd all be impoverished from buying all those CDs. (laughs) (laughs) If anybody who produces, what, 100 songs in three months is definitely going over the top. So she's got seven CDs out there that represents one a year, and that does not include all of her music. Unending Fountain, including the one who produced the song we just heard, Stand By Me, Jesus. 
the CD that, that's on, Gospel 2, is numbered 2. Is it very easy for you to get in the frame of mind of gospel music? Does breastfeeding cause gospel frame of mind? <laughs> I think what puts me in the gospel frame of mind always seems to be just kind of a fluke. You know, if I wanted to sit down and write a gospel song, I don't think I could. They really are a matter of just sheer inspiration, and I'm always excited to get one because I have a lot of friends that do church music and stuff, and I want to share it with them. The thing about that song, you know, I've been thinking about, I have a lot of friends who are atheists. Somebody asked me, you know, how can somebody not believe in anything? And, and so I was trying to explain what I understand, which is that somebody may not believe in a God, you know, figurehead or a world religion but that doesn't mean that they don't go by spiritual principles in their life. They still have beliefs, like that it's important to be honest, it's important to be kind, it's important to be loving. And to me, to my mind, those are spiritual beliefs that people have, even if they do not have a professed religion. And the thing about Stand By Me Jesus is the humility, and people often think of humility as a bad thing. Sometimes you're pretty smart if you can humble yourself and say, well, I haven't been on the right track, or I don't really know what I'm doing here, I'm going to look for a different way to run my life. And those moments are what bring you into some really good, really rewarding, rich places in your life. If you need to have that realization and you have it, you're very, very lucky. There's a lot of things in life that can really get to a person, and I, I guess my overriding slogan is houses, spouses, and jobs. They're meant to be. By that, I mean, you know, we can really be invested very heavily in something that we're meant to let go of. And that's where humility can bring us is to say, this is not working out, or I didn't get that house, or I didn't get that job, but I'm just going to believe that there's something better down the line that I'm meant to work towards, and so I can let go of this. That's the great favor that humility can do for us. Okay, so you give us another favor and play us another of your songs. What do you want to share next? Um, how about healing? Healing? I'm all for healing. So, oh, you want the song. You want the song, right. <laughs> healing is a song. It's, it's before I got so much into the old-time gospel. It's quite a different song. But it's a gospel song of a different kind. At the time I wrote Healing, I was in college, and I was listening to a lot of the meditation tapes that were coming out at that time. They were such great things, and they, they often gave you natural images to relax your mind and to meditate. And so this song, Healing, is kind of the gospel of the meditation tapes, <laughs> <laughs> the gospel according to those meditation tapes of how to relax and feel a beautiful spirit inside. And I remember when I wrote that song, I was just sitting in a classroom. I think I had probably taken one of my final exams. I guess I was trying to relax, and I was thinking about the things on the tapes. I wound up writing this song. It's kind of like my my meditation experience. I can give myself at any time, just pick up my guitar and play and sing it. And it's something I've given out to you know, people that I've known that have had cancer or have been sick or going through hard times in their life. And, and it's about letting the water flow through you, standing upon the ground. It is healing. Sue West. Waves washing in Eyes can stay here no more. Water washes over me, healing 
from the CD, Field and Wood, Songs of the Land, Healing. And obviously, you said of the field and the wood and Songs of the Land, but that song seems to be all about water, Sue. Are you a water person, too? <laughs> well, I'm a cancer. <laughs> I'm a water sign. I actually have had kind of a lifelong fear of the water, and so I've done perfectly everything trying to overcome that kayaking, sailing. I was a lifeguard. I did like five or six rescues as a lifeguard. I, I like to do a lot of fishing. I live on a river, always <laughs> in the water. But I, so I guess it's fear of the unknown or fear of losing control or something. I don't know what that is about the water, but so yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that in that song, I mean, that really the healing, the water washing over you, that's, that's where the healing comes from. I always wonder if a person can write as deeply as you did in that song, Sue, about something without having the experience of it. So maybe you've experienced that kind of washing of water as healing. Did that happen for you? I can't remember as like a specific spiritual experience or anything like that. I did have my son baptized in the Russian River, so maybe he could answer that question. But um, (laughs) I think what the song, the theme of the song is kind of, you know, I do have the fear of the water, even though I spend a lot of time in the water. I think the song is really about doing what you are afraid of and finding what you need. Well, it's a beautiful song, Healing. That's from Field and Wood, Songs of the Land. You've got your latest CD, Words of a Friend. Before that, I think you've got Wild Fruit. And you've got Wash Me Up on the Shore. That's your first CD, I think, of original gospel. There's Gospel 2. There's The Soil in the Stream. And there's Live. That's all seven that uh, I see out there on CD, baby. And again, I'm I'm just kind of blown away that you're able to produce this volume of music within just seven years. Seven CDs in seven years is quite a turnaround. I'm still thinking this is possible mainly because you're a rural person. I guess if you're living in the middle of the city, there's too many opinions floating around one. <laughs> I was really tapped into nature during, you know, when I was doing the six, I was really doing a lot of small-scale organic farming and living out here in Martell where it's still a really kind of a, they say there's no true wilderness left on the planet, but this is, you know, as close to it as you can get to Western Wisconsin. It's a good place to live, to be tapped into all that different world where you can be creative. But now it's funny, a lot of my musicality right now is coming from just being a folk singer and encountering people kind of in random opportunities and playing music for them. And I've been playing every Thursday night at the Chef Shack in Bay City, which is a rural, rustic French cuisine cafe. And it's a very intimate thing to me to play folk music for people that are, I mean, these people are out on their anniversary date or they're out on a first date, and it's an amazing thing to sit there and play for these folks. The other thing I do is if I go to the laundromat, I'll bring my dulcimer and my guitar and I'll play while I'm waiting for the load to finish, you know. And there's always kind of people that are often people on the, you know, the, the economic downside of life is what has them in the laundromat. And I figure, you know, they need some comfort and they always seem to really hear what I'm doing and really enjoy. I'll just play fiddle tunes and figure that's, that's uplifting them. And I'll just stop if I see somebody, you know, an, an elderly person just sitting out in their yard or sitting on a bench or whatever, I'll just stop and I'll play a couple of tunes on dulcimer for them. And I just love doing stuff like that. And I, I just, that's my Woody Guthrie side. I just love going out and playing music for people that didn't see it coming. And it, it's always been a really positive experience. And I've made a lot of friends along the way doing that. 
So we've gone through the seven CDs, but again, the newest one that you have is Words of a Friend. Did that have a different kind of origin than the other CDs? Yes, on that one, I kind of kind of slowed down on songwriting, and I wasn't really sure where I wanted to go in between like the roots music thing and the folk music thing. And I decided I need to work with somebody that was really into roots music, and I got a hold of Dakota Dave Hall, and he agreed to work with me. And that album also, I brought in other musicians to play, and that was the first time that we had done that. So it's a different album. Um, it's still some of my songwriting. All my other albums were all original, except for the song I'll Fly Away. So the new album is some roots music, two songs written by other modern composers, and then some of my own compositions. So it's a little bit different, uh, put together in a little bit different way. And so I'd like to share uh, one of the songs from that CD, and it's called Old Red Barn. It's a song which I had released earlier on my Pecan Soil and Stream. And then when I worked with Dakota Dave Hall, he helped me rewrite that song a little bit, change the arrangement a little bit. It's a song I had started writing in my garden. I remember I had a bag, I think it was a quarter-pound bag of green peas. So I had the big white paper sack with me, and I had a Sharpie in my pocket because I had been writing on plant tags. And I guess I just wrote on there, um, dig another song out of the soil, bury our troubles in the ground. And I just I hung on to that. I put that sack of peas on top of the grandfather clock, and I left it there for a long time. And then there was another day I was driving down the road, and I saw this beautiful old red barn at the end of a long driveway, and I was just so stunned by that sight. And it looked a lot like a painting which my great-aunt had made of a barn, and it really spoke to me a lot. And my father had worked for the Federal Land Bank, and when I was growing up, that bank and other agricultural banks gave out a lot of credit, and a lot of people wound up in foreclosure and a lot of people in Pierce County did, and it was a very sad thing. And so, you know, the farm aid movement came out of that whole time, and the whole movement to agriculture to being something that happens on a large facility owned by a small group of people, you know, that kind of started when I was a kid, and you saw all the farmers that had been on farms since they, you know, since they were children, and the farm had been settled by their great-grandparent or by their grandparent. For some reason, I just, it was kind of a spiritual moment just standing looking at that barn, and it hit me how it feels to leave a place like that. And so I wrote the song, Old Red Barn. There's a red barn back behind the trees And a windmill turning in the breeze There's an old gray house that's falling down and a family that's being raised in town There's a red barn back behind the trees And a windmill tower in the breeze There's an auction sign out on the road And a family's belongings being sold A couch for forty dollars Kitchen table's ten We'll never use Grandma's china again They drove away the tractor Our wagons and the plow We'll pack what's left of our possessions Now we leave our land to live in town 
That's where our farm was, back behind the trees. The oak that had the tire swing had already been cut down. All the barbed wire has fallen to the ground. The cords of our firewood were sold on that day. The herd of dairy cows was bought and led away. And dreams, hopes and dreams, hopes and dreams. Old Red Barn by Sue West. It's from her latest CD, Words of a Friend. Uh, I guess maybe too many of the barns there. When I go by Sue, when I drive around in the country and I see an old barn that's peeling, hasn't been able to be painted the roof bowing in a little bit, but the farm's still going. I'm saying, oh, how much longer is it for this world? It's a little bit scary to me because my father grew up on a farm, a dairy farm, and my grandfather had it passed to my uncle, but just not able to pass it on because, you know, these demands to grow larger and larger, it's just, it's not sustainable. We can't do it. And Eventually, it led to the farm going elsewhere. You know, it goes to the big agribusinesses kind of place. We don't really need much more of that, do we? <laughs> no, we don't. And then before this all happened, I mean, we booted the Indians out of this land. And uh, people don't seem to talk very much about how that must have felt to them. There must be a lot of inner conflict in you as you've got all these songs coming up and you're trying to stay laid back and, and present to the world and you've got to get in the studio and produce a hundred songs in three months. I mean <laughs> <laughs> I hope on the next album I've known musicians that have a group of songs, you know, they travel to a studio and they'd stay there a couple of days and they'd record the whole project in a short time. Well, speaking of the limits of time we're running at the end of our program right here. One more song. How can we finish your song of the soul, Sue? Okay, well, I would really like to share my title track from my new album, which is called Words of a Friend. That song really came out of a lot of listening to Utah Phillips. I know a lot of you know who Utah Phillips is. He was a labor union activist, and he has passed on now. And he traveled the world singing labor songs and singing a lot of great old songs. Just a big guy with beautiful flowing white hair, beautiful singing voice. Well, it's a great song to end with. It is the title track of Sue West's latest CD, Words of a Friend. Sue, it's been great talking with you and getting to know you and hearing the spirit behind this, the, the prolific spirit which is just burgeoning through you. I thank you for being faithful to that work, calling us to that deeper centered place, which we all need so badly right now. And I thank you so much for joining me for Song of the Soul. Well, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share about my music and about my thoughts. Of course, we received such an abundance from Sue West that we couldn't fit it all in the broadcast. So remember to head to northernspiritradio.org to listen to the bonus excerpts for this show, including one more of Sue's songs. 
But first, we'll finish off this broadcast with one more song by Sue West, Words of a Friend. We'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. When you can't see your way, when you can't hear a sound, just close your eyes, lay your head on the ground. Then you'll hear me walking all along lonesome way. You'll hear me singing for you night and day Each time I walk down a dark stormy lane I try to reach home, but I've lost my way Each time I feel I'm about at my end I'm found and I'm saved by the words of a friend Words of a friend can something to hold The words of a friend can about stop the rain Words of a friend are sunshine and gold Now you are my friend and you know I am yours We'll walk through the night till it rains and it pours I will carry your load and I know that you tell me are true and they're fine When life leaves me cold with the sunset and dark I can't see the fire burn, can't find the spark It all leaves me lost in the night and the cold That's when I remember your words of gold I'll walk by your side your hand. I will lift you high. Let me help you stand. There's one thing I know if my heart grows cold. The words of a friend are sunshine and gold. I walk through the dark below the old trees. I fall and I stumble sometimes to my knees. But I see a light theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy Let in the light It will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song